As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. Normally, that is. This is Android's Dungeon, a show about games, movies, music, whatever happened as we walked in the studio. This is still pandemic edition, rolling on about, uh, I don't know, feels like uh, 40 years. Um, I wonder when that studio is going to open. There was an email saying something about maybe in October. I think uh, I could be just plucking October out of my head because I was just thinking about it. But I think this, I think they're going to open things up again shortly. But I honestly don't trust them. Hot I dog. Playing games with my heart because I'm almost at this point. Like, I'd like to go back to the studio to do some stuff at the same time. It's pretty easy just like <laughs> sitting Yeah, we're doing desk. all right. We're doing okay. Like, it doesn't sound atrocious. It sounds a little better at the studio, but is it and enough? With the better? amount of work. Yeah, to go to the studio A, but also B, to deal with all the mess that the last person has made. Yeah, we we can fight with the computer, figure out if things are saving properly. We can see the board that's been turned into some sort of Optimus Prime uh, abomination. Do you remember that one Decepticon that turned into a tape? A tape? Yeah. Like a a videotape? No, no, it was a cassette tape. Oh, (laughs) Cool. Did, the did he go into Bumblebee? <laughs> no, I think play he, music? I always liked that he could just like he was spying on people. <laughs> he would just like, turn into a tape recorder. And he never talked. He was too cool to talk. So I liked that. Ooh, yeah, that is kind of cool. Just like the the best GI Joes. Then how does he talk. like rat out the people? He plays his tape back, Joel. Were you not listening? Uh, to uh, <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> <laughs> of course that. Well, you know, Bumblebee talks through the radio. I guess he can talk through his recordings that's some uh, michael bay nonsense too so i feel like yeah you, you throw away your cred from the 80s or the 90s watching transformers yeah i can't remember a bit of it like at all i remember watching the movie way back uh, after the fact i watched say. a ton of beast wars yeah well beast wars was our sh- our, our year or yeah. a beasties on uh, fox because they weren't allowed to put the war title i think in <laughs> Fox. We'll support uh, the real wars, but we can't reference any cartoon ones. Well, to be fair, this was like the the far before the Fox News stuff ever started. It was I don't I could be mixing it up though, so I, I'm happy to be wrong. But there was the difference. One one group was not allowed to say wars, and the other was <laughs> actually. You know what? The more I think about, it, I think it was Canada that you weren't allowed to say Solid wars. <laughs> uh, YTV. YTV. Oh, YTV. Yeah. And I think it was the Beasties. same studio that made uh, reboot. That um, that was great. So I grew up with Reboot. and They Beast say Wars. the user lives outside <laughs> the, the computer and inputs games for pleasure. <laughs> I, I still don't remember the rest of it. Something, all I know for sure is that something, something, my friends. Reboot. Yeah. <laughs> you remember yeah, when like his, the, the older guy like leaves and becomes like a crazy internet dude? Late in the seasons? Uh, are you talking about Enzo when he 
Yeah, he like goes in and he becomes like kind of a silver surfer. Oh no, Bob, because he's kind of mm-hmm. a silver surfer. Yeah, because over he, the internet. Yeah, because he Megabyte betrays him and shoots I've him into things. the sky. Yeah, but they changed the voice actor, which always drove me crazy because it was so obvious. Like it just didn't work. <laughs> I didn't like him as much. the sh- The show definitely got a lot it went uh, down dark right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely got more serious too. It wasn't just like, "What game are we playing this week?" Well, I still remember when the 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 show came back. I felt like there was a hiatus, or it took them a while to put out new episodes. And uh, the the first episode back, I think, was uh, a parody of Evil Dead and Doom. So it was huh. like uh, they were playing in a game that was a first person shooter, where there was like a clear rip off of uh, Ash from Army of Darkness, who's going around blasting things. And so they were definitely game. diving into some heavier content. Yeah, they were, they were having some more fun making some more, uh, I guess, obscure references. But they were making X-Files jokes in the past, too. Like, it's actually, yeah. you know, if you watch the show, they were they were making some gags that were pretty decent. Like, some of the, the puns, especially the computer-related ones. As a kid, you don't get them, except for the most obvious ones, like Megabyte. I know what a Megabyte is. But the other yeah. stuff, like Hexadecimal, that meant nothing to me for years and years and years. <laughs> Hack and Slash meant nothing to me either, really, so... Not that these are obscure yeah. by any stretch, although Hexadecimal may be pushing it. But anyway, uh, Android Dungeon is a show about reminiscing about shows from the 90s mm. when you were growing up. Uh, Joel, what have you been playing recently? I got a great game of Dune in. All right, well, let's just, I guess, we're going to just jump in there. You're not even prepping the oven. You're just going with the, uh, the home run right away. So yeah. I guess that's how it's going to be. I got the Dune report all lined up. Right, I mean, we'll to be it. honest, I don't, I don't know if I've played anything else because I played a lot of games when we were camping. And then, it's, you know, it's, we're in full summer mode. And, you know, sometimes this show is a little slow when we're running in summer mode because we're out so much. We don't really have much time for board games. Well, it's yes and no, because I, I feel like I've played tons of games. But it, unfortunately, it's a lot of stuff that we talk about frequently. And there's only so many times I can say, played another game of two-player PAX Premier. I played some more of this before. It's like, okay, like we get it. But, Not a uh, lot of new games, though. Especially new games. That's pushing it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so set up, set up Dune for us, please. Dune. Well, we've talked about it before, but I'll, I'll give it another run just for, uh, to refresh anybody who maybe didn't hear the last one. So Dune is a asymmetrical, um, I would say, area control, but it's more like a... No, area control is perfect. <laughs> Sub-region control. Yeah, it, it's kind of an area control. Unbelievable. Kind of. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, cut. Let's do that one again. Um, uh, with a economic system, which is kind of hilarious, because it's like the area control is the only way to make money, unless you're completely broke, and then you get like a little bit of charity. Literally called charity in this game. Yeah, from the Chome Corporation. And um, so you got to kind of run around the map and try to collect money in order to do everything, like get cards, put guys on the map, do fights. It all costs money. Um, and, and, and the problem is, is that, you know, other people want that money too, so they're going to go fight you for it. So it's this um, conundrum of if you're broke, you need to go get to these areas to get money but then other people are going to fight you for that and you're broke. <laughs> so then it comes back to you. Like, it's kind of the rich get richer and the poor get poor, which I think is kind of necessary for the game to work. And the reason for that is there's six players and five territories, and in order to win, you need to control three of those five territories. 
when I say territories, I mean key territories. Territories that Basically count towards the win. That. Yeah. There's two cities and three sieges. You know, uh, think of them as villages hidden in the sand, controlled by the locals, the freemen. Anyway, so yeah, the object of the game is to control three territories, or you can team up with somebody else and control four as a team, which is much more achievable. And then obviously there's all the asymmetrical stuff thrown in there, like the Bene Gesserit is trying to guess who's going to win when, and if they do, they win instead. And there's the Freeman who, if nobody wins and none of the major powers control a siege and they control one of them, then they win. And then if nobody wins after that, then the Spacing Guild wins. So there's like a lot of people just kind of trying to play a war of attrition or the Bene Gesserit who's just trying to make something happen at some time and perform a miracle. Hope. Get lucky. Um, but more or less, this game was pretty straightforward. I think we had two new players. And we ended up with a turn five uh, spacing guild Harkonnen allied victory. Turn five? Oh my god. Yeah, which is fairly easy, but I, I think most of our games end at six. Six, seven, maybe if you're pushing it. So I think that's kind of the sweet spot where the most important thing that has to happen before a win can occur, at least in my opinion is somebody needs to get absolutely obliterated <laughs> because that opens up the map to make it easier for the rest of the people to then control a good chunk of it. So it was once again the Atreides who just <laughs> had no luck and got completely removed from the board. On the turn before uh, the worm came, when the worm came, Actually, Jason, who was playing the Spacing Guild, was doing perfectly. He had all of his troops out, 10 in one siege, 10 in the other siege. He had no fights. He had max cards. He had just been sitting there the whole game collecting money from people be beaming in. He had somewhere like 35 spice. Just Oh, my God. Sitting on a pile of spice with two territories with max troops on both just waiting to either make a move or for the game to end so the Spacing Guild could win by default. Um, and so he, I think he was kind of generous, but he, he allied with me as the Harkonnen, who, because somebody had to leave, I just kind of sat in for. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it was just an easy win from there. He, he kept his two, and I managed to keep two myself, and bam. So I'm I'm just reading over your comments in the uh, Guelph Board Gaming Group, the the yeah. write up, because I told Joel I didn't want to know anything until the show. So now I I, I gave him a like like and I moved on with my day, and here we are. <laughs> um, so just between your description and also what I'm reading here, um, did it did it feel competitive? Because based on what you're describing, and I I am not a Dune master at all. I understand the game. I I understand. Um, like ostensibly what you should be doing and what you should not be doing, but it sounds like uh, why did people let the Spacing Guild get away with this stuff? Well, that's the thing is they, they, they start with 10 in one of the sieges. There's not much you can do about that. And then they passed up on cards at the beginning and used all their money to, which was only five, they only needed to use five because they pay half to drop 10 into the other siege, which is worth nothing. So these places aren't really well contended 
early, right? They're unpopular, and everybody's trying to get, um, at least for the most part, everybody's trying to get um, spice early, right? They're trying to find the, there's spice blows around the map. They're trying to get to those. Oh, I've got to ask, are you playing point, with the double spice blows and the more expensive troop yep. commitments? Advanced game. Which well, I guess it's just it fine. Should be the normal game for all intents and purposes, I think. Yeah, I think the base game's kind of silly. It's like nothing really. I think that's a Gale Force Nine edition, to be honest. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a teaching game. I think once like two people know it, you're definitely playing the advanced game, and it's so much better. Um. So yeah, I mean, there just wasn't like you know, uh, obviously the Atreides and the the uh, Harkonnen don't want to keep their cities so they can have ornithopters, right? So they're not going to go commit 10 troops somewhere. Uh, and yeah, like nobody really wanted to contest him for these two spots, especially when he's not really gaining anything from them. He's just kind of sitting there. Mm. Uh, the Emperor did come in swinging. Like I said, he, I think he dropped... There were only maybe six Freemen in one of the sieges. So he dropped 10, like, boom, right down there. The Freeman just ran away, which was a good play. Yeah. Uh, and then the Emperor came and started like two other fights. Can you guess who the Emperor was? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to. I'm reading it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Patrick, in two pa- true Patrick fashion, just came in just trying to fight everybody. And he came up against the Harkonnen. But the Harkonnen, which was a new player, actually, uh, Shan, who just kind of joined us from the Facebook group, which is good to see somebody come yeah, that's, out that's from really that. Good. Um, just kind of played Harkonnen perfectly in that he spent all his money on cards, managed to get some low bids, and even when the Atreides wasn't bidding on something, he thought, you know, I can take a useless card because I'll get the random card. And he managed to get up to eight cards right away and had kind of like a perfect, um, you know, he had a projectile attack, projectile, like all the attacks and all the defenses, basically. Nice, nice. And so he was a force to be reckoned with. And yeah, I think Patrick's leader, actually, (laughs) Patrick came in with a big attack and we had a traitor reveal. He had one of Patrick's traitors. So that was like, okay, sorry, you get nothing. And that was like a 10 troop versus 10 troop fight. So that was just a a good one. Wipe out. So I think, sorry, please go on. I think the Harkonnen had also committed like nine troops, but with a traitor, you don't lose anything at all. So it was good on him. He he managed to keep all of his forces on and get all the money, right? You kill somebody, you actually get that, uh, the bounty too, which is awesome. Yeah. I don't know, Joel, what you're describing to me is it, it was it fun? Because how long did the game go for? It was a blast. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a long break where we ate, uh, what was it? Uh, rib fest ribs, barbecue burgers. <laughs> uh, people have brought cookies and chips and dip and a bunch of other stuff. We kind of nice. just had a feast and like took like almost an hour off. Yeah. And even then, we only went. I think we started at four and finished at like seven thirty. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was quick. I think the fact that I wasn't playing and I was just uh, facilitating allowed a lot of people to come to me and just like ask strategy questions. And then um, also just obviously that the fact that I was like explaining each of the phases and making sure each person was going on their turn kept things going pretty quick. And it was a blast. We had so much fun. And I think 
I think you were surprised that Dune's in my top three, but I was saying it when I was there. I think that, you know, aside from some of the weirdness um, with some of the rule ambiguity, and I think we've kind of worked it out, or at least house ruled all of that now. Just agreed um, on them all, yeah. I think it's it's flawless as far as a combat game goes. Flaw oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's so did people like grok onto it nicely too? Like was it something where everyone was really engaged or was it one of those awkward games where people are um kind of fiddling around and trying to wrap their head around the mechanics and kind of like, oh well, damn, I didn't realize it worked like that and uh, that's a stream. Oh, people dove right into it. I think I think we had four veterans, so it was it wasn't any you know fiddling around I too much. I played it before. That's uh, Shan was new, and uh, Sean M was. Oh yeah, Patrick was new. I guess we had three new players. Josh, but Josh Muscaskill, yeah. yeah. But they they all took to it really quickly. I mean, Josh had actually watched some videos and read the rules and oh, nice. That's beyond what most done some prep. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. To Which hear. is and obviously David was a vet and is super into the theme. And I think if it's it's a new game and it's very front loaded with rules and it's very difficult to wrap your head around any asymmetrical game, but the theme kind of softens the blow. You know, you could say, well, all, of course all the treachery card money goes to the Emperor because the Emperor is the Emperor. Yeah. And of course all the all the travel money goes to the Spacing Guild because the Spacing Guild is the only way to transport uh, through space. You know, it's like there's yeah. a thematic reason for everything. The Atreides, there's the, he's the chosen one. He knows everything. So no wonder he gets to see all the cards. Yeah. I don't know. You, I, I feel like you're kind of lukewarm on Dune. Is that what I'm, what I'm picking up here? I'm just surprised you've had, like, you, you enjoy it so much because it, I think it's a neat game, but I find it just, like, pure 80s sort of. Uh, oh, yeah. It, like, when you, when, if anyone who knows, it's the same people who did Cosmic Encounter that I'm in. It's like, oh, yeah, um, that makes total, that makes total sense. It, it's a neat game. I just, I, maybe I've just been burned where it goes on way too long for my liking. And it, it's what you described. That time frame was perfect. Like it doesn't get better than that, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. But just something about it just kind of bugs me. It feels, it feels frustrating when it's so. When you're down, it's it's mondo frustrating. Like I can't imagine for the uh, Atreides player what the, if they're able to get anything going um, mm -hmm. after that. And I'm not sure what Patrick was up to as the Emperor after his. But at least the Emperor is getting money for certain things. Like the Atreides player. You have to be it's a very tricky role that to be because you have to be brokering yeah. information and selling stuff you got to be a hustler that's what that you was be that was definitely one of the problems was the beginning of the game josh is there and he's like anybody want to know what this card is oh you know i'll tell you what the card is for gold there was gold is so hard yeah uh to to part with early in the game right nobody's yeah. rich Everyone's thinking, I gotta pay to be man. I gotta pay to fight. I gotta pay yeah. to get the cards. There's no way I'm gonna throw money at the Atreides. But then, you know, for example, there was a thing where it's Patrick's turn to bid, and uh, Josh is like, "Listen, I'll tell you what the card is for one," and he's like, "No," and then he yeah. bids three, <laughs> and then he gets it, and it's you know, <laughs> it wasn't obvious. 
but it was it was pretty obvious that it was yeah. a useless card. Yeah. And so he paid three for something that he could have paid one to just avoid, right? So yeah. And well, that's it's... basically after the lunch break. I I gave kind of like a little uh, rundown on what they should be doing, and I said, you know, you guys really need to use the Atreides knowledge because it's super valuable, especially in combat when you're in a fight with someone and to know what they have. Yeah. But yeah, that's one thing that you know, new players or people that aren't as kind of aggressive or into it would um, would miss is that the, is that the Atreides is valuable. And I think that games where players are new, the Atreides actually suffers a lot because nobody wants yeah. to use their value, yeah, and therefore point. they end up running out of money, and then they lose fights, and then they end up wiped off the board. And how many yeah. games have we had? Where the Atreides get swiped off the board, and that opens things up for the win. It's so many. Like every game I think I've played, myself being the Atreides once too, when it happened, it was just. I think with every other faction, you can kind of bounce back from that in some way. Because, like, but the issue is that the Atreides, when they aren't, it's like you got to really hustle, hustle, hustle for again. Like, so every other faction gets money from doing stuff quite organically, like the. Or not like the Bene Gesserit, they're just always getting two, I believe. But yeah. at least they're getting units is beamed down whenever somebody else gets beamed down. Uh, yeah. The Emperor is the Emperor; he can afford this. Uh, the Fremen just get guys that show up, I think, every turn. <laughs> like they just show up. Uh, Harkona, I guess, have to pay for it, but um, uh, I, I guess they should be getting bounties by starting lots of fights and winning them constantly. I'm not totally clear. You can maybe correct me on that one. Um, yeah, the Harkonnen can either, I think, uh, get extra money and put the things in the Tegelaxu tanks, or they can keep the keep the token as like a mm. prisoner and use it as a leader in another fight. Yeah, 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 that's it, sir. Anyway, it's it's a neat game. It's just, I don't think I've ever had a, 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 a fun, capital F, trademark time playing Dune. But I, I think it's a neat game. But it, unfortunately, I think it's one of these ones that we talk about this so much, or at least I do, that it's one of those games that I feel that I would have to really bang my head against a wall to get competent enough at to feel like I'm having fun with it. Okay, um, that's fair. And, and I'm more than happy to play it. That, that's why yeah. I'm disappointed I couldn't play it on the this weekend. But it's it's just something that I see Dune and I, I kind of just like, it's like it, it hit me once and then I, I walk by and it kind of like, it kind of lunges at me a little bit. And I get, oh, I'm sorry, Dune. I didn't mean it. <laughs> You're right, Dune. Well, it's my fault. Dune is a really a grognard game. And I think, and you talk about it being an 80s game. I mean, it was refined by 40 years of tournaments into the yeah. game that it is yeah. printed out in 2019, right? So. Well, I'd love to see a tournament. Like, I I wonder if there are any YouTube videos or write-ups of so, like I I think the geek has some actual tournament write-ups, but it'd be fun to actually see some absurdly high-level play of Dune. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, although I'm trying to remember, I don't know if it was like Harkonnen had an edge in the tournaments. Probably because once you get all the randomness gone, uh, or like once you've got everything down to that, you can't control what cards they have. So if you start a fight with them you have a, a fairly decent chance of losing it outright. So I'm, I'm trying to remember. I also saw like a lot of like people working hard to mitigate a pending win. And so I think That's when I, I think I did, I watched, I read a read up once that said that the spacing guild does win quite a bit because hmm. of that 
pain, oh, pain just the situation. Yeah. Everybody's good enough that they want to stop the current wind condition as a chance for their next wind condition, which allows then the Spacing Guild to win by default, which is kind of the way that our Oath game ended. Mm. Right, <laughs> was that everyone worked together to stop everybody else from accomplishing their dreams, yeah. and then I managed to come out by default. Yeah, so then you get into a position too where I wonder if this is an issue in Dune, where you could say the kingmaking is there, where it's like, well, if I stop this fight, nobody wins, and Space Guild wins. If I don't stop this fight or start this fight, you know, just in a sense of interrupt whatever plan is going on, then player Y wins as opposed to player X. So yeah. I don't know. That's just games in general. I'm not sure the answer to that. Although yeah. a lot of games don't have a default winner if it ends after a certain turn. But yeah. All At right. least there are games that actually have an ending, unlike, you know, Biosaur Shits or something. Well, and you know what? When you bring that up, that's what I was thinking of with, with regard yeah. to this, like, constant sort of like smash the leader. This it struck me as like a bunch of boxers where that has to be like, okay, so you have to push the button at the end of the ring in order to win so you stop the other guy and now he's exhausted and you start going over and he grabs you and he pulls you back and then you start <laughs> grappling you go over to touch whatever it's just i think that was a star trek episode now that i think about it uh <laughs> all right let's take a musical break then and we'll be back to continue discussions like, Android's well, whatever you played. yeah whatever uh, i played androids dungeon cfru 93 fm stay tuned
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just listened to was two tracks off, or three tracks, excuse me, from uh, the recently released um, album uh, by Acid Crypt called The Sick Night. And you can look at that as sick as in, oh, he's not feeling too good. Or you can look at that as, whoa, the sick night. (laughs) Sick, bro. Uh, I just lost. Oh, remember him. when we went out last night and we went to a club and then we went to the other club and it was like, that was oh, that sick. was sick, bro. So the first track is the sick night. Second track, evil under the skin, and third track, black death spreads to the city. So very happy titles. Yeah, classic, cheerful. Uh, classic, cheerful dungeon synth. And uh, I don't know if you notice, there's a bit of a theme to what's going on with these tracks. So anyway, checks out Acid Crypt. When was the last time you went to a club? Uh, a club club? Probably. Uh, I think I was tricked into going to a club in Toronto uh, like 10 years ago or something like that. <laughs> Dang. I think I, I went to one in Korea. Well, I was, I was trying to think if I went to one in Korea, but I'm pre- unless I was so out of it and wasn't even aware of what was going on, which is, which is was, not outside uh, the realm of possibility. What was like the whole thing with rounds and you you had to go out as long as your boss and they would be like the first round was dinner and the second round was like Galbi and the second third round was karaoke and the fourth round was a club and each round was actually just a location you went to. Oh, uh, interesting. We we never our bosses never went out with us. They they would come up for dinner. No. And I think and I think they um no, I never went drinking with the Kims. Um, they were at the bar. They took us out for dinner a few, a, pl- a couple of times when students or teachers were leaving or teachers were arriving, and that was that. Or if uh, God forbid, there some some of the parents came in. They were very gracious and took everyone out for dinner then too. So, well, you're never, lucky because the we, the Wigooks didn't always follow protocol, but there was a cultural expectation that you never went home before the boss went home. You stay. The Japanese do the yeah. same thing. So. No, we never did that. And even when the um, like our, our assistant teachers would come out, which was rare because I think they were subtly told not to fraternize with us, which is, it was a little insulting, but at the same time, it was kind of like, it, there's good reason. What a relief. <laughs> yeah, or a bad influence. <laughs> it was a bad influence. It's like, um, how offensive. They won't hire <laughs> these people because they're a bad influence. But then you think about all the ones that worked with you and you're like, oh. Well, I, I mean, I may have shown up hungover plenty of times, but I showed up, damn it. I never ever. <laughs> yeah, I was sick. there. I was teaching those little jerks. <laughs> yeah, like I was there were a couple of times when I thought I was going to die up there. Just not because I was hungover. I was just so like feeling so sick. Like my, I'm just blowing my nose constantly. I'm just like I've, I had run out of my uh, imported cold pills. So now I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is a dark, dark time for Jack. <laughs> So just and it's like the, their solution is just here. Let's have some vitamin C drink. It's like you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you just chug this and you'll be fine. No, have you some don't seaweed it, soup. Uh, that's just not helping, Jack. It's just like the exact <laughs> opposite of a, a poultice. Or, poultice. I was. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Chef. Yeah. The movie, and then there was the Chef show. Oh, no, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and they were talking about it that seaweed soup did they ever give that to you when you, on your birthday no god no <laughs> i'm trying to remember what they did for my birthday i think uh 
I think they just got cake, like good people, and that's all I ask. Thank God. Yeah, because yeah, basically in Korea, there's this soup that's like supposed to make you strong or healthy, and I guess they give it to pregnant women because it replaces a lot of the iron that they lose for losing blood. Iron. And that's the theme of it, but it's it's just the worst soup you'll ever have it's awful seaweed soup and the funny thing about it is like you think i'm saying that's like as like a foreigner well the koreans hate it too yeah they hate it so much but they have to eat it on their birthday it's a national joke yeah and i and i and i the guy on the chef show described it perfectly because they were he one of the guys uh from ugly delicious was trying to reclaim it make it tasty again nice try. and the and the guy was saying uh it, it it basically tastes exactly like phlegm oh, <laughs> oh. That's, that's the best description i've ever heard of it i was oh. forced to eat it by my korean teachers as well were they making funny were they laughing was it yeah just... they were like ha he's gotta eat this and yeah i mean i got it down but man that is awful uh, so Android Dungeon is a show about how to avoid eating weird food. <laughs> so don't go to Korea when it's your birthday. Yeah, that's the which is funny because also in Korea you're a year older, so it'll be your like whatever birthday is next. Because they consider you to be one as soon as you're born in Korea. Yeah. They, they're the off by off by one air <laughs> applies entirely to Korea. A bunch of idiots, <laughs> a bunch of dummies can't even figure out birthdays. <laughs> And they make you eat soup that tastes like phlegm. It tastes like booger soup. Just call and it that. And they're afraid of fans. <laughs> <laughs> ah! That's one of the weirdest ones. Just quickly before we get into trouble for insulting an entire country. Uh, if you ever talk, if Big you ever, if you know any Koreans, um, ask them about fan death. And uh, if they laugh and say, yes, that's very silly. You say, okay, sure. And then find out where they are and sneak into the room at night and set up a fan when they're asleep <laughs> and, and see how they react. See the terror in their eyes. The like, Am I in hell? I'm <laughs> <laughs> in North Korea. I'm in North Korea. They, they have the, the finest anti-fan death. <laughs> they just have windows. That's all Before we get back to board games, wasn't there something we were supposed to plug that Chris wanted? Well, we were supposed uh, to initially be talking about um, th- uh, this was going to be a move-in week special episode because move-in day was going to correspond to um, tomorrow, uh, two days from now, excuse me. But move-in day, I guess, has been bumped or or shuffled or it's been moved, which is either ironic or coincidental. I'm not sure. Uh, so this is no longer a move-in day special, but it is a special for any any of you students in particular. Welcome. Who are now coming to University of Guelph and possibly the worst time? It might. I don't know if last year was worse. I'm gonna say <laughs> last year was worse. Welcome. So this is slightly better time, but it's still awful time to be starting university. So you can walk around and see all these people uh, uh, wearing masks and shuffling back and forth and uh, terrified of what's coming down the pipe. And you can you can feel rest assured that it'll only get worse from here. So that's my advice to you. Okay, let I, me just read the email verbatim. If you could throw in some references to how programmers can get involved with radio, that I'll do would that. Be appreciated. I'll do that. There we well, go. We, we can we can pump that because uh, the and you need re- to talk about CFRC apparently. So the, the the more recent email, I don't know if you're CC'd on that one. Was that I didn't have to do that anymore, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> 
the uh, <laughs> if if anyone is in, interested in recreating their own version of this quality program that you're listening to right now, or God forbid, attempting to think make, you can do better, <laughs> make something better, and if you are, I got words for you, son. Uh, you can walk up if it's even open, or you have to take a machete or a chainsaw and get through the barricades they've established. Uh, to the, you know, those big steps, the university center, go up and go left and then go right down to the end of the hall and you'll see a sign next to a billboard that says CFRU. And there you can just kind of set up a little tent and camp there until October when they let you in. Uh, otherwise you can go to CFRU.ca and look around on that website and you'll find a way to maybe, you know, reach out to people at the station, specifically, uh, Christopher Curry or Odessa. I think that's how you pronounce it. And, uh, you know, tell them that Android's Dungeon sent you. You'll get a discount. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. As a volunteer working for free, they'll give you a special deal. They'll only only give you half the giant tattoo brand on your forehead that we all have to wear. The mark of the beast. beast Glory to CFRU! CFRU (laughs) is Lord! (laughs) That's our theme. <laughs> That's our anthem. That's the anthem, Seafree. Uh, but seriously, if you want to get involved with the radio station, you should. It's it's kind of fun. I'm not going to say it's I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing show. I mean, well, look is. at us. We got a show. No, you're giving it away. Only took easy. two attempts. <laughs> uh, but yes, go to the website, give it a shot. If you believe strongly that you have something worth producing, uh, you know, give it a shot. You'll make a hey, get out of there. The dog's trying to steal stuff. You can uh, probably write a little pitch, and then you'll be asked to record a, a demo of what you think is worthwhile, and go <laughs> ahead. Um, yeah, just hot tip. Don't talk about the Academy Awards. Don't talk about the Academy Awards. <laughs> Stay away from the mainstream. That's the only thing we'll recommend. Yeah. Uh, We've so done a you... great job of that, because we only talk about obscure crap that nobody <laughs> wants. <laughs> but that's how you know it's 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 campus community radio, and it appeals to like six people. So. <laughs> And that's being. Oh generous. yeah, I played Dune once in my. 20s. That said, Joel, I think we should be. You know, we can be a little generous to ourselves. I think the board gaming hobby has never been bigger, and we are that's positioned true. to right the... uh, miss that wave <laughs> so horribly that <laughs> maybe we can catch right it the next the time. Uh, speaking of waves, this is something I want to mention too. J and J's got flooded the other night. Did you see any of this? Like with water. No, with leprechauns. Yeah, water, Joel. <laughs> it was like maybe it was really popular. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they got, there was a huge storm. I think on uh, was it Sunday night or Monday night, um, and there was I think ankle or shin deep water in all of J and J's. Which Shit. for for a tip to people, uh, J and J's Cards and Collectibles is based out of Kitchener Waterloo, uh, one of the ugliest locations you can ever go to. It's an awful pain in the ass to get in and out of, but uh, it's a great little independent card uh, card shop that sells board games. Um, I highly recommend them as a location to go to. Don't you can, you can try to use their website. I don't recommend it. They got a new one. It's still awful. Uh, just go there in person or call them. They, they'll help you out. But uh, they did take a bit of a flood beating recently, and hopefully they, they use this to build back better. The Great Reset is happening a la, yeah. at uh, J&J's. Honestly, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to save J&J's. Yeah. As long as I don't have to spend any money. <laughs> 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 uh, 
No, it's true. It's like no, I'm serious. I love Dan Jason. I I would be really sad to see it go. And I they're not going anywhere. As far as I know, they're body. Insur- <laughs> as far as I know, the insurance is going to come through, and I, I nice. think they they've lost some. And you know, hopefully, they got rid of some of those like. Um, <laughs> this copies of Seafall that were probably on discount on the floor. Some something ironic about copies of Seafall being washed away in a flood. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was more of Meeple Mart, I thought, had all the Seafall. But did Jane Jays have it too? Yeah, well, it's just something I expect to see twenty of Wait, on you, sale. What was heartbreaking is on the because they had all these videos shot from. I guess they showed up there at the night, and uh, there are all these like magic cards just floating around in the water. And the scary thing is that that was probably the most valuable part of the damage. That like I'm scared to think oh, how expensive some of those cards. cards Hopefully yeah. they kept those cards, like the better ones, oh higher up. Oh my god, the nice ones. Oh. Yeah. So like, anyway, that's what insurance is cards. for. Yeah. Well, geez, right? Like, can you imagine if they had any lotuses sitting in there? But yeah. whatever. Um, Did I tell you about the time I went into where I was hanging out playing a game in Dave's, and some guy bought two cards for thirty-two hundred dollars? Nope. Nope. Yeah. You did Classic. not, and I don't want to hear it. It's <laughs> awful. It's absurd. It doesn't make sense. So, anyway, uh, if just you are... he was able to flip it, like, right away for more or something. He must have. Nobody's buying that just because they think that yeah, they're going to... It's to be in my deck. I'm going to play it. <laughs> well, especially... They're not, they're not playing with it. That's for bloody sure. But, uh, it's not legal. Um, so, but J&J's is a great location, and if you want to stay local in Guelph, though, unfortunately, your options are a little more limited because uh, I am not going to endorse any locations in Guelph for buying games. I'm sorry. The Dragon is there. You can buy it from Dragon, but their prices are way too much. You are being ripped off if you buy from the Dragon. I'm deeply sorry, Dragon, if you were listening. Uh, your prices are not commiserate with reality, and anyone who with a two nickels rubbed together can price check you and yep. can receive it. You can see that 401 BGB or even J&J's, who is occasionally more expensive, but nothing too brutal, is just far more reasonable. So uh, I would normally also point people to the round table, but um, instead I'm going to point you toward the, um, uh, the, the Snakes and Lattes, which is opening up in uh, 2019. And it should be here any day now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. November, was it 2018? I think it's 2019. Let's give them some okay, credit. Okay. <laughs> Literally November a building. November of two this. years ago. It's atrocious. So I think that's it's, your... Man, that that property too. Like whoever is, is anyone collecting rent on it? That's Oh yeah, they're, they're carrying that lease. There's no way unless they, unless John has been screwed so horribly that I cannot even begin to comprehend. But I'm hoping John bailed out. Well, I thought he got bought out. By diapers. Um, the, the only, I guess the suitable replacement is directing people towards the round table, which I've never been into personally. I know a lot of people like it. I know some people despise uh, the owner. Um, I am totally indifferent. All I know is that if you want to go to a board game cafe, that is your option in Guelph, Ontario, yep. Canada. Um, that or come to the Guelph board game group. Sign up right now. If you are a university yeah, student go and Facebook. you go on Facebook, go to the Guelph board gamers group and sign up right now um, because this that's the place where you are probably more likely to find actually, you know, cool people. Well, people playing cool well games together and you can just uh if dune sounds vaguely interesting to you i'm sorry and you can play it or okay. if you prefer superior uh experiences such as buying and selling stocks and putting 
tokens down, <laughs> then you can also do that. Um, but honestly, that's the place to go. And I'm sure the university itself will organize little board game groups. But if you want to play stuff that's actually smart and cool and will cause your friend's eyes to roll back in their heads as soon as you start describing the experience, come to the Guelph Board Gamers. Yeah. And I think Shauna was as a, as a success story. I just call him Sean for short. Ah. Uh, he had a wonderful time. He's super excited for the next time. And I think the same will happen to you if you come out. Uh, turns out uh, our little group of friends that plays games together are pretty cool guys. Well, don't oversell it, Joel. Like, they, they, they are guys. We are people. I'm pretty uh, proud of that Facebook group. I mean, it, when it we inherited it, we inherited it from the owners of the the now closed game cafe that we're discussing. Um, I think it had like 57 members and no one had posted in six months. Now, we're ever since, in, you know, we've put a lot of work into it, you know, posting what we played that week. And then a lot of other people have posted what they've played that week. Yep. We welcome every new member, everything like that. You know, I, I think I read some weird article that was like basically centered around people selling Tupperware or some bullshit um, on how to grow a Facebook group. Is to welcome people. And I just follow those steps and it's worked pretty well. Like, you know, you welcome someone, you get them involved, you tell what their favorite game is, you know, it, it starts the discussion. They're not just like another lurker, right? Yeah, we need, we actually... need more people posting, though. That's the only thing, because it's you, yeah. me, Andrew, uh, occasionally David and uh, a couple other people like we need we, we need some fresh content of... we certainly got a lot of lurkers and i'm sure a lot of people have notifications turned off but the fact of the matter is we've gone from 57 people to over 200 people and that's, yeah, pretty that's good. great and it's you know what hopefully we can get those numbers that are rookie pump numbers, numbers by the way up. pump those numbers up <laughs> oh we can go hopefully with uh as time uh moves on we can try to do some more events specifically centered at the university and, yeah and uh, i've been playing half a year D D with the griff kong guy i'm sure he'd basically do anything for me no <laughs> he'd be happy to you know <laughs> plug our uh our group and our show but, or whatever i was gonna say yeah it's we we can just i think we can just do little events and like have a little we don't have to have full-on griff cons every I guess uh, twice a year we can have miniature ones like uh, a little event sponsored or a little uh, game. I don't know. Speaking of which, there's an event up civilization, September 26th. Do you want to come out and play the best game on my top nine list? Go for it. Sign up September 26th. This is your your chance to play civilization, which is something that we all. Yeah. The only chance of four times a year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> all right i think that's it so we're gonna end the show here uh check us well, out we didn't on... get to talk about what you played that's fine well he I'll, played I'll... 1856 guys he loved 60, it 67 67 close enough <laughs> <laughs> you're both set in canada joel all right that's yeah. it Uh, well, uh, at droiddungeonradio at gmail.com or the best places to come to the Guelph Board Gamers, like we're saying, and sign up. And just get involved with your school. Make friends. Do things. Don't just sit in your room. All right? Don't just... Yeah. Get don't just there. hide. Live your life. You're, just you're, like Rihanna says. 
<laughs> yeah, do do whatever Rihanna says. I'm not umbrellas. Live and, your and, life. <laughs> and, hey. And okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.